the power of prayer and first of all to understand what that means and I, I'll attest at one time uh, you know I was a man of science and I would look for what I consider conflicts if Jesus knows what's on my heart then why why bother praying about it and as as the years went by the Holy Spirit gave me insight to in a secular sense your mother and your father knew what your issues were, but until you communicated with them, until you talked to them, you're leaving them to, to not really know. Unfortunately, uh, it's different. Our mom didn't have any foresight, but God has foresight. Not only does he see what's going on externally, he reads the heart, so he knows, but he wants us to communicate with him. So that prayer is communicating with our Heavenly Father, and that's what we want to do. So as, as a, a backdrop to that, I'm going to use Matthew 26. Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. And uh, starting with this, if the maker of the universe, the creator of the universe, had a need or desire to pray, then how could we think of our prayer as anything less than that? And as we get into this, we'll give examples because I, I try to break this out in a manner that even if you didn't want to believe, it's kind of hard not to after we go through this. And uh, I broke it out into, first of all, the power of prayer. And then I asked, why pray? And then just pray. And then how to pray, when to pray and where to pray. And hopefully that'll make some sense by the time we're done with this tonight. But um, let's start out with uh, Matthew 26, verse 36. We'll read through and then we'll come back. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Verse 42, again a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Then he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's, uh, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And when I look at this, you know, especially this last part, the last verse 46, Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Jesus had a betrayer. And, and, and we have people who may not have our best interests at heart. We have people who are willing to, or things perhaps, that are willing to draw us 
from worshiping the Lord. We all have it. We all have that lure that would just draw us in, no matter who you are, where you are, what you are. Unless you're a child of the king, that lure is just as effective as it was before you gave your life to the Lord. And that's not easy to hear and definitely not easy to say. But I know just by the grace of God that we could all be drawn back into that, that old world. So continue to pray. Uh, in, uh, back to verse 36. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go pray and, and go and pray over there. And, and what he's, he's asking them to do, what we're asking you to do in, in our body, there's always a need for prayer. Always. You, you can never say truthfully that there's really nothing to pray about. You can't say that. Or you shouldn't say, you can say it, but you shouldn't say that simply because no matter where you are, and, and as we go through this, we'll see that Jesus wasn't focused on himself. He knew he was going to die. And when it says that he was sorrowful and deeply distressed, he wasn't sorrowful and deeply distressed because the fact that he knew he was going to die. He was sorrowful and deeply distressed because he knew that he had to drink that cup for us sinners. That was a heartbreaker. I've got to give my life. I'm okay with giving my life. I'm okay with doing my father's will, but for the reason that I've got to do it. So he, uh, he, it wasn't about him. And again, why we pray or when we pray, we'll get into that. And, you know, when we talked about um, him the, the falling asleep, the, Peter and, and the disciples falling asleep, and that's us. He understood the human aspect because he was partially human. So he understood that part. He understood what we go through. And even with some of us, if we sit still for 37 minutes, we're done. We're out. And because of our busy days, uh, you know, the things that, that challenge us every day, it's hard for some of us to sit still. So Jesus understood what Peter and, and the, the sons of Zebedee were going through there, but he wanted them to pray with him, just like their sisters and brothers here who want us to pray with them. They're not going to beg and plead like Jesus did with the disciples, but they need us. The last time I got an opportunity to speak with you, we talked about that. There's so many in people in not just this body, but in the body of Christ who are hurting. And because of an issue that we all deal with called pride. I don't want to let you know that my life is not in order. I don't want to let you know that I'm struggling with some things. I don't want to let you know that I have a, a, a prodigal son or daughter. I don't want to let you know that. I want you to, how's it going, sister? How's it going, brother? Praise the Lord. God is doing great things. He is. But we need to be honest with one another. And when your sister or your brother comes to you and says, hey, my sister, my brother, will you pray with me? Well, I can't right now, but uh, I'll pray for you when I get home. That's not what they ask. They ask if you could pray with me. They didn't ask you to pray for them. And there's a difference. So when we get too busy where we don't have time for prayer, what is the priority? What could be a priority over that? I've got things to do. I've got to go. I'll pray with you next Sunday. So just by saying that, you're assuming that God's going to give you an opportunity to see next Sunday or tomorrow or during prayer. 
I did that the last couple weeks. Brother, can you pray with me? Well, kind of busy. It was Sunday. I'm kind of busy right now. I'll pray with you on, uh, at Tuesday on prayer. The Lord didn't guarantee me that I was going to get that opportunity. If he wanted me to pray with that person on Tuesday, he would have had that person ask me on Tuesday. And so lesson learned. And so it taught me to practice what you preach. If you're going to say, seize the moment, then by all means, seize the moment. Prayer is so important. And with some of our sisters and our brothers, they find it confusing because they say, why ask for something when it's already known what your need, your desire is? And as I said earlier, God wants to hear from us. He wants to hear from you. So I'll, I'll go back to, to uh, how I broke some of this out. And, and if you want to write this down, fine. If not, that's okay. Uh, why pray? Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And I made this statement before. And the sister said, Brother Richard, if I ask for something and it says all you have to do is ask, then why doesn't the Lord give it to me? Now, if you are a believer, you know that God's pretty smart. He's smart enough to know that if he gave me that item, if he gave you that item or that person or that substance, he knows it would destroy you. The things that we pray for sometimes, the Lord knows. Well, he didn't answer my prayer simply because we don't accept no as an answer. We don't accept wait as an answer. So why pray? John 14, 13, 14. And whatever you ask in my name that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Let's not misinterpret what the scripture is saying here. When you, when you talk about asking God for something, always preface it or with, if it be your will. Because he will open those doors or close those doors depending on what he, he knows is in your best interest. So when you pray for that relationship, if it be your will. Because sometimes he'll give us that relationship just for us to see that we're not as smart as we think we are. I know what's best for me. So you thought. And now you get involved in that relationship and things are kind of rocky. Lord, just like uh, Adam did in the garden. Lord, it was that woman you gave me. You know, so that's what happens, you know, and, and we get into these things. And, and that was a different situation from what we go through. But we think that we really want this. We want to be with this person. We want a relationship. And we get in, we find out it's not really what we thought it would be. And sometimes we see that in just a casual relationship. Sometimes we even see that in marriage. And those are the things that we get to see. And, and it breaks your heart. Because now you've committed to this. And sometimes you want to stay together just for the sake of perception. You want to stay together for the sake of the kids. You want to stay together so you don't ruin your relationship with your church body. You, you, you want to stay together because there's some religious system who would say, you're out of here. 
What do you mean you don't love your wife, you don't love your husband anymore? Hit the bricks. And that's not what we want. That's, that's under the law, so we don't want to be there. So continue to pray. Why do we pray? In John uh, 15, 7, it says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will desire or what you desire, and it shall be done for you, if it be the Lord's will. I'm abiding in you and you're abiding in me, so whatever I ask for should be granted. It's not a genie, ladies and gentlemen. This is a God, a God who knows us, every thought, every desire. He knows what causes us to rise up. He knows what causes us to fall. And he grants those wishes, those desires accordingly. Just trust, only believe. Uh, just pray. Luke 11.1, 1, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Teach us to pray. He didn't say, you know, do we turn towards the east or the west when we pray? He didn't say, you've got to pray five times a day. You've got to stop whatever you're doing and pray five times a day. He didn't say that. He just said, they said, teach us to pray, and that's what he's going to teach them. How do we pray? How to pray? Matthew 6, 7, 8, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And, you know, when you say pagans, you, you will see some of us, maybe we're trying to impress you by so many scriptures that we interject in our prayer. We, we want to impress you by the fact that we can pray for seven minutes straight, nonstop. We want to impress you by the fact that we pray loud and they can hear us in the back. Pride. It's all pride. And it's not really about that. Just pray. Matthew 6, 9 to 13. In this manner, therefore, pray. How to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name and your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And all that we need to pray about is encompassed in that verse. Those verses, I should say. Everything that we need, it covers it all. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts. We'll forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation. Huge issue. Even praying in the wrong manner with the wrong heart, with the wrong motive, can be a temptation. We want to be conscious of that. And deliver us from the evil one. Always, always, always pray that. Because the evil one is always, always working on you. Everybody in this room is aware of that. You should be. Always working. Always, 
you know, roaming, seeking who to devour. And if you make yourself an easy target, you're going to get devoured. No one's immune. He's going to take you down. The enemy is going to take you down. For yours is the king and the power and the glory forever. And he seals it with amen. So any, anything that you're going through, any words that you need to incorporate in your prayer, it doesn't have to be so many scriptures. It doesn't have to be flowery. Just plain old praying. When do you pray? First Thessalonians 5.17 Pray continually or pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6.18 Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful through this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And when Jesus prayed, he wasn't just praying for himself. He did pray for himself, but he also prayed for those around him and the saints and the body of Christ. That was his primary objective. So it wasn't selfish in any way. Um, where do you pray? Matthew 6, 5, 5 through 8 says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets. We've seen it. We've heard it. And it doesn't mean that they were showing off. But I'm, according to Scripture, uh, they were doing this that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Uh, reward can go both ways. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to the Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, I don't want this to be misconstrued. It says that we should pray corporately, but now it's encouraging me to pray as an individual secretly in my closet. Be careful that you're being led by the Holy Spirit about how, what, when, where you pray. Be very careful because we can get to the point where we say, well, according to Matthew 6, I don't really have to go to church. I don't really have to go to prayer. I can just stay home and, you know, close the door and pray to the Father who is in a secret place. And it says he reward me openly. So I'm, I'm still going to be rewarded in front of men but I don't have to pray in front of men. It's not what it's saying, ladies and gentlemen. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for the Father knows the thing you have need of before you ask him. Don't be like the heathens. Do not use vain repetition. And sometimes we pray, it's the same. It's almost like a, a, a chant. And there are some religious systems that do that. They chant. And sometimes, uh, since everybody doesn't have the, the gift of tongues, some churches teach people how to speak in tongues. That's nonsense. It says that speaking in tongues is a gift. From God. So how does a man or woman teach you how to speak in tongues? If you never heard that, great. I hope you never hear it. I did. And it disturbed me greatly. 
our church teaches us how to speak in tongues. Really. <laughs> so, going back to this, going back to uh, Matthew 26. The problem that we see here is that um, in 2636 uh, 26, is when Jesus went in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, that's when the, 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 he was attacked, literally. And the reason that uh, Gethsemane is, is called Olive Press, and it's really across on the Kidron Valley in Jerusalem for, for that little bit of information. And Judas had kept track of God's pattern and that's Jesus' pattern. And that's how he knew that he could take these men in to arrest him. They didn't know who they were looking for. He was not uh, someone that would just stand out in a crowd as far as physical appearance goes. So when Judas took him to, to, to him to arrest him, he, was, he knew that the end was near. He had an hour before he would be put to death. The, the process would start. And so he, he, just, he was just distressed, distressed. And as I said earlier, not because he was going to die. I've gotta, I'm going to sacrifice my life so you, you, and you who are full of sin will live, will be able to live through it. And that's what he did. And even now, he's interceding for you and me. He's praying for us. We're praying for you. We're praying for one another that he would deliver us. We've all seen what it can be like during this last season, these three months or whatever it's been. And the word says, if I don't come back, no one's going to survive. Now, as far as we know, we survived. But what that's saying is that it's going to get a lot worse. The end times, which we are near just in case you weren't aware. We are very near, or in, perhaps, the end time. I'm not a prophet, but I, look, I read the word, and I see the things that the, 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 the word says will happen, the things that will come to be. And you look around now, and you ask yourself, if you read the scripture, what has to happen now in order for Jesus to come back? What has to happen? It's there, folks. It has or is happening right now, today. And I think that we had a trial run with this. This, I just see the season. I'm trying my best not to use certain words because I get to hear them every day. And it's like, ew. <laughs> really? So I purpose in my heart. I, I pray that, Lord, I, I'm, I'm not going to use those buzzwords tonight. I'm... I'm purposely staying away from them, but oh my gosh, I've had enough, you know, please, please don't say that around me anymore, you know, and these are people who, whose lives, their basic livelihood are governed by the talking heads. They go in there, they say, uh, master good, master not good, six feet is good, and maybe we need a little bit more space. If you take this pill, you're going to be okay. 
maybe not. So those are the kind of things that, that I pray for my sisters and my brothers, uh, maternal and eternal, that are living in fear. And I pray that none of you live that way because that's not really living, that's existing. So I pray that you would be a discerner. You would have wisdom. He's given you wisdom and discernment to know what to do. And I'm not saying go out and just be, be cautious. That's all I can say. But I, I certainly can't give any advice on that because my, my heart has really, really changed a lot during this time, especially for the church, for everyone here, everyone in the body, everyone in the body of Christ, praying without ceasing because I know some of us are struggling. I won't say all. I don't want to make a general statement, but some of us are struggling financially. Some of us are struggling physically. Some of us are struggling spiritually. Some of us are struggling emotionally. And all of it is not a result of this, but just the fact that our hearts have been changed. So I just pray that we, we continue to seek God's purpose for our lives. He has a purpose, regardless of how you feel about it. I don't really feel like I'm contributing to the body of Christ. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You are an inspiration to someone. And you've heard me say it before, and I'll continue to say it as long as the Lord gives you breath. They will see your life before they hear your words. Um, I was uh, at a funeral, and uh, one lady came to me, and she, she had made an observation that, you know, typically I say what I got to say, and then I spend the majority of my time listening. She said, you know, I was looking at you, and I was thinking that uh, a lighthouse doesn't make any noise. And I had to think about that. What do you mean? It wasn't that, you know... It's just that she had made an observation, and, and that's how I live. I try and live that way. Everybody may not agree, but, you know, he, he's given us two ears and one mouth, and I try and use it accordingly. So just think of that. Think of that. Does a, light, a lighthouse doesn't, doesn't have a horn. It doesn't have to make noise. It just lets its light shine. So that's my recommendation. I'm not going to say advice. It's my recommendation. Just be that light. You are a light for someone. And continue to let that light shine. And it's going to get rough. There are going to be some days. Some days are not as good as others. Uh, we all know that. But continue to let your light shine. And in order for that light to shine, you got to be in prayer. We're going back to prayer. We're going to stay with prayer. No matter what, prayer is the answer. The things that you need now, pray for them. And be patient. Exercise patient to know that if the Lord's willing to give you that, he's going to give it to you in his time. That's another problem that we have. Most of us are not patient. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure if any of us are patient, to be honest with you. I want patience and I want it now. And that's not how our Lord operates. So be in prayer. Uh, and if Jesus had a need to pray 
And not only that, but we say, well, I prayed for this before and he didn't give me what I want. If you'll notice, uh, in verse 44, Matthew 26, verse 44, so he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. So this is God of the universe. So he didn't give up. Let us not give up. Let us keep praying for that prodigal child. Let us keep praying for that sister, that brother, maternal or otherwise, who says, yeah, I know that God thing worked for you. I tried it, it just doesn't work for me. Pray for that son or that daughter who's in a relationship that's absolutely destructive. Pray for them. Pray for the church body. Pray for, uh, we have a tendency to sometimes eliminate the pastor. Uh, he's okay. We don't need to, need to pray for him. Uh, on the contrary, pray for that person who has a family member. We are part of a faith system, faith. We have family members who are part of a religious system. Unequally yoked. Pray for them. We have some among us. You know, and I'm not going to sit here and name religious systems. Some of us already know. But pray for that person. And be careful. Be careful that when we pray that, we don't say, well, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the faith system. My partner's part, part of the religious system. So I pray that you would change my partner. And you might want to go there, but be careful with that one. You're saying, I got it right. They don't. God knows. God knows. So pray to him. Ask him, what should you do? And I, I, especially if there's a, a, our children, our grandchildren, that we see are making mistakes in their life, in their livelihood, in their choice of friends. Pray for them. And, you know, you want to just grab them and, and, and shake the truth into them. But that's really not going to help because you've you got to remember, if they're 17-ish, they're smarter than you and me put together. So you've got to remember that. That's very important to realize that if they're, if they're a teenager, they're very smart. Uh, and if you don't believe, just ask them. They'll, they'll admit it. You know. So we need to continue to pray for them. And, and we have a lot of young people around us now that are making those errors. You, you've been there, done that, and you know the outcome. Continue to love on them. Continue to pray for them. Continue to pray with them. And we've got to be like Christ. He drew them in with cords of love. That's how we draw them in as well. You've got to continue to love them. I'm not saying it's easy. I'll never say that. It's not easy. It's not easy to see your child going down a dead-end street and you want to just get in front of them and block them. That may be the worst thing you can do. Prayer changes things. I'm a witness. I'm not going to stand here or sit here and say, I got it all together. I do not. But I can definitely attest to the fact that prayer changes things. And each and every one of you are getting blessed every single day. 
every day. And I don't know. I'm, I, I, I can say that with, with confidence. Just the fact that you're here, just the fact that you're a survivor, and you're willing to listen to the Lord use a vessel just to get his word to you, just to give you an opportunity to encourage and be encouraged. I'm encouraged by every one of you here, everybody. I'm really encouraged by it. And I just pray that if I could say one, one thing tonight that would be a word of encouragement, then I've done my reasonable service. And I mean that sincerely because I care. I really care. I care for the body of Christ um, because I know the benefits of it. I know how he rewards you. And, and, and it's not necessary stuff and things. It's not monetary rewards. It's nothing like that. But the things that you can't put a price on. Most of you in this room are relatively healthy. What is that worth? Can you equate that to X number of dollars? Most of you in, in this room have a heart for Christ. What's that worth? Priceless. Let's go out and let's talk about them. Let's talk about, we talk about the things that we love. I can ask any mom in here, she's got pictures of the kids. She's more than glad to show them. We love them. Let's have that same attitude toward our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Even more so. I love them. I want to talk about them. I want to share with other people. I can't make you love them. And he won't make you love them. He just keeps loving on you. And that's my attitude. I'll just keep loving on you. And I, I just, I just, I'm always thankful for the opportunities that he gives me personally to share with you guys. I never take it for granted. And uh, I can say that he's doing great things. And he wants you to be open. He wants your eyes, your ears, and your heart to be open so you can say, I will praise the Lord at all times. May his name always be on my lips. And then when the race is done, he can say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I look forward to that. I look forward to praying, sharing, fellowshipping with all of you. It's going to be difficult. I've had an opportunity with some, but it's difficult. You know, we're all, we all got things going on. But I know what it's like to be able to just slow down and listen to him. Slow down and speak with him. Slow down and be obedient to him. Slow down and express your love for him, to him. The Jesus that I know comes highly recommended. Highly recommended, ladies and gentlemen. And I know that he can cure anything that's going on with you. You know, sometimes I can sit here and I can, I can see hurt. I can see pain. I can see distrust. I can see distress. And I'm not standing here wanting you guys believe I'm some kind of psychic. 
I'm psychotic, but that's a different word, different meaning. But that's for another time. Just be careful that you don't allow your, your, your world, this world, the people that you're associating with to bring you down. Continue to pray. It's not easy. For some people, it's very difficult. How do you pray for somebody you don't like? How do you do that? It's a challenge. But from what I read, it's just me. Being a Christian is not easy. There's challenges that we have to face. There's things that we got to endure. When our sister sang tonight about refiner's fire, that's what was going through my head. You know, and uh, she prayed about, uh, she sang about revival. And in order for us to be revived, we have to go through the refiner's fire. In order to go through the refiner's fire, we got to have a relationship with the Jesus, 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 holy and anointed one. Got to have that relationship. You must. And for those among us who are smart, like our brother Nicodemus, we can ask the same question. But Lord, how can I be born again? He'll tell you. The Holy Spirit will, will, will tell you what, it, what that means, what it's going to mean to you. Ask him, ask the Holy Spirit to help you to create a personal relationship so you'll have a greater understanding of what Jesus can do in your life. A greater understanding of who Jesus is and a greater understanding of why he has the servant's heart. So the thing about it, when you've got a servant's heart, there's nothing you can do about it except serve. Everyone has a gift. That's what he asks of you. Well, what's mine? I don't know what mine is. Ask the Holy Spirit what your gift is. Maybe your holy gift, maybe your spirit is just your your gift is just serving, being able to serve the body. Maybe your gift is just to be an example to the body. I know we got some prayer warriors in the room, and I love to hear them pray on Tuesday nights. I love it. It just blesses my heart tremendously. Because they think of things, they pray about things on, that don't even go through my head during the course of a day or a week. It's like, wow, that's pretty deep. God has given them that spirit. God has given you that spirit. Well, I really can't do that. I'm kind of shy and introverted. Well, he can use that too. He can use the shy and introverted ones. And for those who are a little bit off the curb, he says no one's useless if nothing else you can always serve as a bad example and and we've got those among us no offense but we've got them so they're here they're among us and they they even to the point of he says okay uh, the church is getting a little bit heavy now I'm going to send in the clowns we've got them folks we've got them Yep, and they got a million of them. You know, 
So he's got, it, he's got us covered no matter what it is, no matter what we need, no matter what we want. He can either say yes, no, or wait. Those are all answers. When we pray, be aware of that. Those are the three things that he, he might say to you. And some of you who aren't as strong in your belief, you're looking for something audible or you'll make it fit. Well, if he didn't want me to have this, I don't know, this toy, he wouldn't have provided for it. He will do that. And it can be very confusing. God, why don't you just take this away? Why give me free will? Just make, make me like a robot. He won't do it. He won't do that. Just like that person that's dear, near and dear to you. Can you make them love you? No, you can't. You can't make anyone love you. You may think you can. So that's the way the Lord is, that the Holy Spirit is. He will continue to love you and give you an opportunity to love him back. We, gotta re we need to rely on that. I won't say have to because that's the thing. Anytime I say that, I've got to back off because he doesn't say you have to do anything. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to pray. You don't have to love your neighbor. You don't even have to have a personal relationship with him. You get to pray. You get to have a, a relationship with him. You get to love your neighbor. You get to go to church. You get to encourage those around us. We get to do these things. We get to share the word of God. We don't have to. It's an honor. It's a blessing. We get to worship. And where will we be without these songstresses and, and songbirds? How they encourage us just through the word, their ability to play a, a musical instruments. I know less about musical instruments than anybody anywhere. But we got people who are just plain gifted, and I look at them in awe. Because I think it's just so great how the Lord has blessed them. And there may be some things that, that I try and do that, you know, try and honor the Lord. And, and I don't know. I, sometimes I, I doubt. Do I measure up? And I always encourage the people that I'm around, well, don't compare yourself to any humankind. But I don't always live that. It's easy to do. And the reason that we do that is because now we got a measuring stick. we got something to measure ourselves against. There's a danger in that. He made you you because everyone else is already taken. It's only one. Fearfully and wonderfully made. So whatever that talent is, continue to pray about it. Whatever that skill is, continue to pray about it. Whatever that desire is, continue to pray about it. Why you pray? The fact that you just pray, how to pray, when to pray, where to pray. Seek the Lord's guidance in that. Be like the disciples. Teach me to pray. And when you start to pray, just pray, then those other things will fall into place. He'll say, this isn't right. 
you know, basically you're showboating. And he knows your motivation. He knows the motivation of your heart. So be honest. To thine own self be true. Because he knows. God knows. God knows you better than you know yourself. He wants to hear from you. Don't let him down. We want to hear from you. We want to encourage you. We want to let you know that no matter what, no matter what you're going through today, tomorrow, you're loved. Jesus loves you. It's a fact. And if you want me to prove it, I can. Jesus loves you. So don't ever feel like nobody's got your back. He's got your back. He's that great physician who can cure anything from headache to heartache. There's never a reason to doubt. He can't lie. He won't lie. His promises are yea and amen. But brother, you don't understand. You don't really know me. I just don't feel like I'm worthy. You're not. You're not worthy. I'm not worthy. And when he says there's none good, no, not one, it's true. On any given day, we could be a saint. Within the next hour, we fall in the center category. Just like that. That flesh is battling the spirit all the time. Even as we sit here, just because we walk in this building doesn't mean that we can sort it out. We walk in here with all kinds of things going on. And that's why I, I pray that we would let go of the cares of the day. Focus on what he has for you and me right here and right now. There's a lot of praying that needs to be done. Constantly. Even now. In this room. There's those who are hurting. We say we love our sisters and brothers. Let's be about our father's business. Lord, we thank you for how you bless us tonight. What a privilege, what an honor to say that I was glad when they say, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm thankful for this opportunity that you've given me. And I pray that no one in this building saw anything except a vessel that was being used by you. So I thank you for that. I thank you for my sister, her willingness to come and share the word in song. What a sweet, sweet time of worship it was. I thank you for all those who came out to hear what you had to say. And I pray, Father, that even if I said one word to one person, that was encouraging. I've done due diligence. So I pray, as always, that your word was rightly divided. That if I said anything that created confusion in the mind of anyone in this room or listening uh, through the airwaves, that you would erase it from their mind, our minds right now, Father. I pray that our hearts, eyes, and ears would be open to know what you would have us to do or not do, say or not say. 
and through uh, wisdom and discernment to be able to live peacefully among our sisters and brothers. I pray continuously for those of us who have prodigal sons and daughters that you would just give them heart transplants right now. We thank you for who you are and we thank you even more for whose we are. May you receive the glory in every word that we utter, every deed that we do from this, this day forth and forevermore to the only one who can keep us from falling, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming out.